The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. So at James's Palace, the uh, new King Charles III has been proclaimed uh, King. A um, number of people now signing the document of the proclamation. Liz Truss currently signing it. We saw Prince William before that and the Queen Consort um, signing before him. And it's in front of an invited audience of the Accession Council, the front row made up of a lot of people who haven't been getting on particularly well uh, recently. Former Prime Ministers, in the middle of them, Boris Johnson. Um, Gordon Brown is there. Jane, um, Cameron, David Cameron is there. Um, Blair. Johnson, Liz Truss standing uh, up on the podium having just signed the proclamation. John Major also in attendance. So, of course, the the, um, accession to the throne happens on the passing of the uh, Queen Elizabeth II, but the proclamation making it official there at St. James's. And in a minute, we're going to be talking to Jenny Bond about that royal transition. But first, Henry McKean has been in uh, London for the last day or so. And he's been outside St. Paul's Cathedral, where a Thanksgiving service took place. And he's been outside Buckingham Palace, where the new King and Queen Consort have been greeting crowds. Henry, what's the atmosphere like? Yeah, good morning, Anton. A moment in history. Uh, first time that's being televised. Uh, yeah, St. Paul's uh, yesterday evening. In, inside, they sang God Save the King. My understanding that's the first time it's been sung uh, in, you know, in, in how many years? 70 odd years. I listened to King Charles with these ladies standing outside St. Paul's on the radio, the old-fashioned wireless, standing there on the street. Here is Wendy and Jackie from Northern Ireland. And I actually thought that Charles looked shook and genuinely heartbroken. They reacted to the King's speech. So emotional. Yeah. Bring you to tears. Mm-hmm. So what? Mm-hmm. Just beautiful words about his mother, mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. a queen. Mm-hmm. And he called her Mama. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Papa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just beautiful. It just just a family who are grieving. Just like yes, yeah. there might have been royalty, and she was our queen. But it, it just shows you the love that the family had for, her and the love that we, as a nation, have for her as well. It was just absolutely beautiful. So it was. If we go to Northern Ireland, not everyone is mourning at the Queen's mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. Some communities are celebrating. How does that make you feel? Angry, very angry, because at the end of the day no matter what your beliefs are and you're entitled to your beliefs someone has passed away you know a family have lost a much loved relative maybe we've both lost people in the last few years ourselves so it's angry to think that somebody would celebrate 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 that feel like the queen was in a way a a relative of yours like a a friend Yes. yes, like a grandmother. She's like a grandmother like to a the grandmother. nation. Yeah, 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 like a grandmother. She's just part of our family growing up. You know, our, my mum absolutely adored her. Your mum adores her. You know, she's just been part of our lives for all these years. Yeah, we'll never forget her. And Henry, I suspect that's a thing for a lot of people, particularly in the UK, that thing of the sense of being part of lives for so long, the fact of being head of state for more than 70 years. It's one of those moments, I suspect, a bit like the um, Kennedy's death, that people will remember where they were when they heard it. Do you, you remember where you were? Yeah, I was actually in a coffee shop and a friend rang to tell me the news. And yeah, we all remember where we were. And even, you know, meeting Charles a number of times, I've met him over the years, just 
recently enough back in 2019 in Wicklow, um, had a very little chat with them, but I've never actually met the Queen. I've been in the presence of her um, when she came over in 2011 to Trinity College in her famous historical Irish visit. And she just smiled and looked friendly, but everyone has been touched in different special ways. Uh, people are coming in their thousands to lay flowers, to pay their respects, and they're bringing packages and teddy bears the kids are. They're leaving them behind because obviously only recently she did that sketch uh, um, to, to celebrate uh, her Platinum Jubilee. I asked these people um, how they heard the news and where were they? It's kind of one of those things I reckon you'll always remember. Pay our respects to a great, great lady. And you have a Union Jack flag in your hand. The first person I've seen that's been that patriotic. For you, how important was she to Britain? Very, yeah. very important. I, I think she was the glue that stuck us all together. We were actually supposed to go on a Buckingham Palace tour today, and that's why they came down to London, because Grandma's always wanted to go on their Buckingham Palace tour. And obviously, we just kind of wanted to come and pay our respects to the Queen passing. Show respect for her and just feel the warmth of everybody else that's here as well. And the rain is coming down, and the Queen did have a great rain, didn't she? She certainly did. <laughs> And Henry, I understand the crowds have been growing fairly steadily since yesterday. Absolutely. Remember, uh, people are off work at the moment. And just yesterday, for me, it was that death gun salute in Hyde Park. 96 shots punctuated the air every 10 seconds at 1pm yesterday afternoon. And it just stopped you in your tracks. So powerful and moving. And people have come down in big numbers. On the tube, at the bus stop, there are posters of the Queen in respect Everywhere, everywhere you go, they pop up on these electrical billboards. Uh, I, I met a Greek man and he talks about that universal respect for the Queen. And you do feel that. And that kilometre queue to lay flowers is something else. And when Charles did do that impromptu walkabout yesterday, people shouted, God save the Queen. I met these people from around the world who wanted to thank the Queen for her service seen her legacy over 70 years, it kind of meant a whole lot to us in the United States. 15 Prime Ministers, including yes. the new one she lived through. That's right, I mean that's an incredible uh, era, because she's our mum, she's our mother, mother of our country. So you see her as your mother? Sure enough, yeah, sure enough, one strong lady, very strong. And the Queen is dead, long live the King, King Charles. Yeah, 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 and a good man, good man, he'll do a good job of it. Yeah, she was a great woman and uh, everything great about this country was the Queen. The Queen has been the Queen ever since I was a child and she's kind of like everybody's grandmother in a sense. And I don't know, I guess she just kind of feels like a family member in a strange way. So you feel like you knew her even though perhaps you haven't met her? Absolutely, yes. So, But we, we kind of like the royal family too. So Shocking, I think, um, even though she was 96. 57 I am and she's been in charge. So, uh, from a little boy, I've grown up with the Queen. All your life. Do you want the truth? I'd rather have Kate and Wills. No, it's all right. I think Charles will do a great job. The Queen, for me, means every value to known to man. She's elegant, she's strength, she's virtue. I just feel like we owe it to her. Uh, I've been in the UK for nine years now, and it was extremely devastating to hear the news, and it's a moment to take time, to have a little prayer, and to think about what she's done to this country and how she's helped us. I think she epitomised this country really, at the end of the day she was stoic, uh, staunch, obviously been <laughs> seen so many things, wars and everything like that, I mean, just think it epitome of Britain really, very proud to have her as our Queen.
People there speaking to Henry McKean and Henry reporting live for us there from London. Henry, thank you very much. 53106 at a cost of 30 cent if you want to get in touch with the show. The Accession Council um, uh, making their way out of St. James's Palace and it's something of a who's who of significant British politics. Um, at least one of the Milibands, I think, bo- no, both of the Milibands, as far as I can see, are there. Ian Duncan-Smith also there, Jacob Rees-Mogg, Keir Starmer and every living uh, former Prime Minister and, of course, the current Prime Minister all there to attend the proclamation of King Charles as King. Jenny Bond, Royal Correspondent, is with us. Jenny, this is one of a series of formal and ceremonial events that will now take place uh, over the coming days. What are the, the high points of that list? Well, yes, everything has been set out in enormous detail for, for many years, and it uh, it won't be changed, I don't think. They're just moving through to the throne room now for part two of the Accession Council, and this is where King Charles will be proclaimed king. And uh, there will be some heraldry accompanying that. There will be trumpeters on the balcony um, at St. James's Palace, and the Garter King of Arms will make that very formal proclamation. Um, and in the days to come, well, yes, other great moments will be the lying in state, of course, of the Queen, um, the late Queen. And uh, that there's going to stand um, a lying in state at St. Giles's Cathedral in Edinburgh first. Um, and then the uh, more usual one will take place in Westminster Hall. There will be a procession to Westminster Hall from Buckingham Palace. The coffin will be taken there, placed on a catafalque. And for probably up to four days, members of the public will be invited to file past uh, Her Majesty's coffin. Uh, there will be guards, sentries posted at each corner. And in the past, mem- senior members of the family have um, taken their watch on those four corners. And I imagine we may well see that perhaps um, all four of her children. I, I would not be at all surprised to see them stand there um, and watch over her for a period of time. Um, and um, then, of course, after those days, there will be the funeral itself at Westminster Abbey. It's thought to be probably a, a week on Monday. Um, and that will be something quite extraordinary, quite exceptional, a state funeral with an enormous amount of ceremony and pageantry and um, sadness as well. And scale, you'd imagine, given the level of popularity that Queen Elizabeth enjoyed and given the sheer length of her reign as the longest single serving monarch in British history. Oh, yes. I mean, it's going to be bigger than any funeral we have witnessed in our lifetime, certainly. Um, And and. I would have thought bigger than her own father's. Um, yes, there will be people, heads of state flying in from around the world, of course, around the Commonwealth. She was so proud of her associations with all the prime ministers, her prime ministers um, around the Commonwealth, and um, they will all want to pay their respects. So there will be the great and the good. Uh, Westminster Abbey holds thousands of people. I off, off the top of my head, I can't remember, is it two, 3,000, where they will cram as many people as they possibly can um, into into the Abbey. Um, and there will be um, military accompaniments, of course, uh, crowds and crowds of people in London. The roads will be sealed off. It will be an extraordinary day. 
And meanwhile, a lot of uh, pressure and expectation now falling on the new king because there's suggestions that he may decide to look at reform of the monarchy. There's huge shoes that he has to fill in terms of the expectation as monarch. He gave his first televised address yesterday evening and one of the things that he did was it seemed to be an attempt to pour oil on, on some of the, the troubled waters within the family. He, he made very generous and affectionate mention of uh, Meghan Markle and of Prince Harry. Do you think that will park those sort of salacious, gossipy interest in some of the family um, interactions? No, I don't think it will. I don't think it will park it. This will go on. You know, sad to say, we have still Harry's memoir to come out. Uh, We have the suggestion that uh, Megan has kept a journal and she, in her own words, she says, I can now say anything. And it's almost like a veiled threat. But Charles is king, but he is a very loving father of two boys who who used to be so close to one another, who used to rely on one another as the only people they really could share their mutual um, difficult experiences with. And um, I, I did hope that in death, perhaps, one of the Queen's legacies would be that she had reunited her grandsons. Um, We saw Harry go up to Balmoral. He was the last in and he was the first out. Um, I don't know what that tells us, but it would suggest there wasn't a great deal of soul-searching. But perhaps, perhaps the seeds of reconciliation were sown there up at Balmoral. Um, And certainly uh, the mention by by King Charles of Harry and Meghan building their new life in America and his good wishes towards them uh, was very notable. He didn't have to say that, but he did because he loves his sons. He's always completely open about it. He loves both his sons dearly. Well, that was the other thing that was notable about the um, his, his televised address was how open he was about his love and affection with his own parents and from his own parents. Were you surprised that he was that emotional in his first address? Oh, no, Charles has always been very, very sentimental, very emotional. And he's always called he's always called her darling mama. And sometimes perhaps their relationship in years gone by wasn't incredibly close or easy. But in later years, um, he has been a very great support to her um, and has spoken of his love. And he always, you know, at, at um, jubilees and birthdays, openly calls her mummy. And he knows that amuses people. You know, he said, your majesty, mummy. Um, and I think they've become closer and closer as he's grown in age and, and she was um, was ailing somewhat and becoming frail. So um, I, I, I wasn't surprised to see him so affectionate because he's a very affectionate man. Uh, one final thing, a text uh, raising a, an interesting question. Obviously, we've seen things like the suspension of a lot of sport across the weekend uh, and possibly beyond. The text saying the new series of The Crown was due to be released in November. Do you think now they will might choose to postpone the release? Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, Netflix is uh, its own its own boss. Um, probably not. They probably feel that this is a good time to um, garner all the interest there is in the royal family because of this amount of global publicity about the Queen. Uh, whether they've had to rewrite anything, I don't know. Well, that's already in the can, isn't it, that one? But no, I think they've, they've never ten- taken notice before of uh, any disquiet in the family um, about the series, though I would imagine that would go ahead.
Jenny, thank you very much. That is Jenny Bond, who is a Royal Correspondent and a couple of people pointing out the challenge that there is going to be at the funeral of the scale that Jenny is describing by virtue of the amount of uh, world leaders who will want to attend. Going to be a security nightmare, last minute gathering of world leaders with possibly hundreds and thousands of people on the streets, all of the international security services bumping heads. Although one imagines this kind of thing is fairly well planned for, given the level of planning that we are told goes into to um, all of the transitions within the royal family. So we assume there is somewhere a document document that gets pulled off a shelf and gets put into action. Thanks again to Jenny Bond, royal correspondent there, um, joining us from London. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.